0: I'm not a country music fan, that's no secret, but Brad Paisley had a popular song at one time. I don't don't think it's still, I think it was years ago. It's called Letter to Me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Letter to Me. In the song, he reflects back on what he would say if he had the opportunity to send a letter back in time to himself when he was 17. Kind of a fascinating thought, isn't it? One of the reasons it caught my attention is because God called me to preach when I was 17. Just a month before my eighteenth birthday. And I thought, I've pastored now for thirty-two years. If I could go back in time and send a letter to the seventeen year old Keith who's surrendering to the ministry, what what would I say? Run <laughs> No, no, I wouldn't. Well no seriously, what would I say? What would I go back and tell myself at seventeen? I mean, imagine being able to go back to when you're seventeen. And tell yourself something about something or someone that would cross your path at 25. Life would be so much easier if we could live it the second time around, right? If We had the opportunity to learn from our first time around and, and do it differently the second time around. If, if we could go back when we were 17 and say, okay, you need to get ready for this. Or, okay, you need to avoid this. Oh, okay, you need to make sure you don't go there. Okay, you need to make sure you don't go out with her or with him we could just go back and relive it a second time, it would be so much easier. But the real question is this. Would the 17-year-old you listen to you? You don't have to answer that out loud, but I, it's a good question to wonder. Would the 17-year-old you listen to the, in my case, the 58-year-old you? Our tendency at 17 or at 27 or at 37 or 47 or even 67 or 77, our tendency is to think we know what we need to know, especially at 17. We know what we need to know. I mean, have you ever tried to talk to your child and they kept interrupting and they kept saying, I know, I know, I know. You're trying to instruct him. You're trying to instruct her. You're trying to give them information that will help them. You're trying to give them information that will keep them from making a mistake. You're trying to help them learn from the mistake they've already made. And you're, try, you're just trying to get them to listen. But you know they're not listening because they keep saying, I know, I know, I know. You, I wrote this down. I'm going to have to read it. I wrote it out, and, but I want to make sure I say it right. So I'm going to read it to you. You know they don't know. But they don't know they don't know. They think they know more than you know. Right? That was so good. I'm going to read it one more time. You know they don't know. But they don't know that they don't know. They think they know more than you know. So they don't listen. There's a verse in Proverbs. I kind of discovered this week. I was reading and just kind of discovered it. This verse is now highlighted in my Bible. It might be a verse that you want to highlight in yours too. It's in Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18, verse 13. Interesting, interesting verse. Here's here's what it says. Proverbs 18, verse 13. He who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. He who answers before listening. That is his folly and his shame. You know, I wonder if Solomon had anybody in particular in mind when he wrote those words. I bet some of you do. When you hear that verse, I bet some of you can put a name beside that verse or a face beside that verse. When you hear that verse, somebody perhaps comes to mind. Maybe it's your spouse They have a tendency of answering before listening. Maybe it's your teenager. They certainly have a tendency to answer before listening. Maybe it's somebody at work and you're trying to help them, but they just have this tendency to answer before listening. Maybe it's a personal friend. You're trying to help them avoid a tragedy that they're heading towards, and they just have this tendency to answer before listening. They, they think they know. You know. They think they know. And so they answer before they listen. <clears throat> Can I ask you a question? When people do that to you, does it ever get on your nerves? Oh, yeah. Does it ever frustrate you to tears? Does it ever cause you to, to maybe worry about your, their future? Solomon would say, I get it. Solomon would say, I know, I understand. I want you to notice something in this verse that, you can't really read it, but I want you to notice that it's there. Right in the middle of that verse, what, what do you see? It's not a word, it's a, what do you see there? A dash, a, it's not a hyphen, it's a long dash. You know what that, that notation is there, what that long dash denotes? It really denotes A pause, an incomplete sentence, an incomplete thought. I remember someone describing it to me this way, it's as if if the writer, the author is writing it and all of a sudden he pauses and he lays his pen down, thinks about it, then he picks his pen up and he writes again. Keep that in mind, verse 13. "He who answers before listening, pause." There was something about that statement that grabbed Solomon's imagination. There was something about that statement that made Solomon say, "I've seen this so many times." There was something about that statement. Perhaps it brought people to his mind. Maybe it was his wife, Maybe it was his kid. But there was something about that statement perhaps made him shake his head. Then he picks his pen back up and he says, That is his folly and his shame. Those two words you don't really want associated with your name, do you? Folly and shame. Well, what is folly? Help me with that. What, well, how would you def- define folly? Foolishness, absolutely. Give me another word, synonym for folly. It's Foolishness is one. Give me another one. Lack of understanding, absolutely. Give me one more. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. So Solomon is writing this, and he says, He who answers before listening, And it's like, I I can't even finish this. He's thinking, in my mind, he's thinking about someone. Maybe he's thinking about his own experience. Maybe he's thinking about how he blew it when he answered without listening. But eventually, he picks up the pen and says, that is his folly and his shame. According to Solomon, wise people listen and they learn. Foolish people don't. So that's what I want to talk to you about tonight is listen and learn. You see, foolish people don't do that. They just keep making bad decisions because they refuse to listen to anybody. And now, you know people like this, and they end up going exactly where they didn't want to go or where they said they never thought they'd be. And life suddenly has gotten complicated, overly complicated because of decisions that they made. And you or somebody tried to warn them, but they wouldn't listen. You or somebody tried to get their attention and say, this is what's ahead of you. You or somebody tried to shake them, and they just probably kept saying, I know, I know, I know. They never really let you finish. They never really let you explain. They never really let you... Get the words out. They just, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. And the sad thing is, unless they start listening, they're, they're destined to continue to make bad decisions. And then, you know what they do? Then they play this card. Life isn't fair. Why is all of this happening to me? See, this is what we've talked about this whole series is that we don't connect the dots, do we? Connect the dots between our actions and the consequences of our actions. Our decisions and the consequences of our decisions. We, we don't connect the dots that we're not listening, therefore we're getting into trouble. So, I want to dig into this tonight. There's a good verse in, in another part of Proverbs that kind of puts everything into, into perspective for us. Proverbs 27 we're going to be looking at several Proverbs tonight. <clears throat> Proverbs 27 paints a picture for us in verse 12. kind of puts everything into perspective. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. Now, let's read this out loud. If you got the NIV, let's read this out loud together. I want to make sure you're with me. Proverbs 27, verse 12, let's read this out loud in the NIV. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. Now, it's very easy if you're doing any kind of a study, it's very easy when you look at a verse and you see that there's a contrast here. And if you're doing any kind of a study, when you see a contrast, you need to pause and look at both halves, both pieces, if you will, of the things that are being contrasted. This verse introduces to us two different kinds of people. I know it's just right there in verse 12, but what are the two different kinds of people? The prudent and the, and the simple. You could translate it the wise and the naive. Or if you want to be real uh, direct, you could say the smart and the stupid. Notice that both are headed down the same path. It's not like they're going in on different paths. They're both headed down the same path. The prudent, they both see the same thing. The prudent see danger and take refuge. The simple, simple, they see the same thing, they keep going, and they suffer for it. They both see danger, but they react differently to what they see. See, the primary difference between the prudent and the simple is not <coughs> what they see. The primary difference is how they respond to what they see. When the prudent realize that there's danger ahead, they take refuge. When the simple realizes that there's danger ahead, they keep saying, well, I hope it'll work out. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I hope things will be okay. See, when the prudent realize that they're starting to get addicted to something, they take action to stop it. The simple, they just keep going. When the prudent see a marriage that's heading in an unhealthy direction, they take action to get it strengthened, but the the simple, they just keep going. And then the proverb closes with a very specific promise or warning. The simple keep going, and, and what's those last three words? They do what? what? What is it? Pay the penalty. What version is that? It's the new NIV, though, right? All right, pay the penalty. My NIV says they suffer for it. Um, Give me another translation, what does it say? Punished. Suffer the consequences. All of those are very good. You know what this verse is saying? Listen, this is not easy to hear, but this is true. A lot of our pain is self-inflicted. A lot of our problems is because we wouldn't listen. To the people God brought into our lives. And the pain in our lives is self inflicted Not all of it. I'm not saying everything that happens to you is, is your fault. But I am saying there is a price to be paid when we ignore what, what we should have been paying attention to. And that's a good statement. There, there is a price to be paid when we ignore what we should have been paying attention to. Now that might seem obvious to you, but you need to understand that I live in a world where people come and hear every Sunday and then they leave. They hear what they should do or they hear what they should not do. And then they go out the door and do very little with what they've heard, if anything. I'm not saying you, I'm talking about those other people. Right? Right? I never will forget. I mean, you just need to understand how hard it is sometimes to stand up here and open the Word and says, now this is what God says, and this is what you need to do. And they're shaking their head, and they're taking notes. And, they're... and then next week when they call you, you realize, did you even have your ears open? You were writing things down, so I thought that you heard it. I remember being a This is a true story. I remember being at a conference with Johnny Hunt. Now I don't know if you know Johnny Hunt, Pastor Johnny, First Baptist Woodstock. Pastor Johnny is a fiery preacher, and he's a he's a godly man, and he preaches a a major a pastors a, a major mega church, and uh, he he's got a little Indian in him, and that's just his. He, he's he can get mad, and uh, so he was up preaching one day at this conference that I was at. I promise you this is what he said, and I'm not even going to use the word that he said, because then my wife will give me that look like you shouldn't have said that word. But he's in the middle of his sermon, Dave, are you listening? All right. Angie, you listening? All right. In the middle of his sermon, Pastor Johnny stopped, and here's what he said. He said, "Do you know the people who aren't going to do a thing with what I said today? Everybody kind of, he said, it's those people who are sitting there and nobody's taking notes. You're just sitting there. You're not writing a thing down on say You're not going to do a thing with what I'm telling you today. Boy, everybody start grabbing something to write. <laughs> I'm going to write. I just kind of chuckled. It's like, yeah, I know that feeling. I understand what that's like. It's tiresome sometimes, honestly. It's tire- you've seen this. You've seen this with your friends, with your family. It's tiresome sometimes to see the simple keep going and suffer for it. It's heartbreaking sometimes to see the simple keep going and suffer for it. it- it's frustrating when you've tried to tell them. You've tried to explain. You've tried to warn them. And-, and their response is, I know, I know, I know. And they're answering before they listen and they keep going. They suffer for it. So Proverbs is filled with the admonition to listen and to learn. It's not enough just to listen, but to listen and to learn so that we can avoid the crashes that are ahead. So in our time remaining, I just want to walk you through some of these Proverbs. And again, the whole idea behind these Proverbs is listen and learn. So Let me show you. Several of these as examples. Go to Proverbs chapter 1. Notice how the book starts out. Proverbs chapter 1. Here's how the book starts out. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, for attaining what, church? Wisdom and discipline. That's why you need to read this book every week, every month. You ought to be reading in Proverbs because you can attain wisdom and discipline for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life. Do you want to have a disciplined and a prudent life? The Bible says here's where you can get the information. Here's where you can get some help. So reading Proverbs uh, a chapter a day corresponding to the day of the week is a good way to do that. Now, I know right now some of you are reading through the Bible with me. It's like, man, I, I'm just trying to keep up. I don't have time to read Proverbs too. So, okay, when we get through that, then go back to Proverbs. Verse 4, forgiving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. That is, if you will follow these teachings, it will give knowledge and discretion to those who are young. And then verse 5, let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. There's value in listening so you can learn. Chapter 1, verse 8. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Here's, Here's a dad. Solomon's writing to his son. Here's a dad saying, son, I want to make sure you get this. I want you to listen. I want you to learn. I want to help you avoid the problems that are ahead. So listen, son, and learn. Chapter 4, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1. Listen, my sons. Here he's talking not just to his one son, but to a group. He says, Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I, I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. When I was a boy in my father's house, still tender and an only child of my mother, he taught me and said, Lay hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands with you and you will live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or swerve from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom, though it cost you all that you have. Get understanding, esteem her, and she will exalt you. Embrace her, and she will honor you. Here here is Solomon saying, listen, verse 1. He says, listen, my sons. Chapter 4, verse 1. Listen. I want you to learn. Chapter 5 does it again. This, this is such a prominent thing throughout the book. Chapter 5, my son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen well to my words of insight. Well, that's that's one of those verses you ought to mark. I mean, that's that's one of those verses you listen well to my words of insight that you may maintain discretion and your lips may preserve knowledge for the lips of an adulteress drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil. In other words, listen son, I know what you're going to face. You need to listen and learn because I know the temptation that's going to be out there. It says, the lips of an an adulteress drip honey. Her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as gall, Sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. She gives no thought to the way of life. Her paths are crooked, but she knows it not. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Do not turn aside from what I say. Keep to a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house, lest you give your best strength to others and your years to one who is cruel. Listen, watch, watch this now. Lest strangers feast on your wealth and your toil enrich another man's house. At the end of your life, here's the verse I was getting to, verse 11. At the end of your life, you will groan when your flesh and body are spent. He said, son, if you don't listen and learn, come a day you will regret. This past Wednesday night I spoke to our high school and college students I spoke to them about Proverbs 7 what I talked to you guys about a couple of weeks ago someone after that service said pastor our students need to hear that and so I talked to Jeff and we worked it out and I, I spoke to them and they listened so well such a good group they listened really really well uh, but one of the things that I told them was this I said, I want you to get to the end of your high school years or get to the end of your college years and have a sigh of relief rather than a sigh of regret. I you to listen what I'm telling you tonight. I don't want you to get to the end of your college years and have a sigh of regret. I want you to get to the end of your college years and say, I'm so glad I listened. I'm so glad I didn't go there. I'm so glad I, I didn't go out with her. I'm so glad I didn't do this. I'm so glad I didn't try that. I'm, I'm so glad I, I, I was sexually pure. I'm so glad I made these wise decisions. Because if you don't, at the end of your life, verse 11, you will groan. A couple of more and then I'm going to give you a few lessons before we leave. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 15. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 15. The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. Again, it's, it's this contrast between the prudent and the simple. Between I mean, the wise and the naive, between the smart and the stupid, the, the wise man, he says, listens to advice. Where the fool, where the fool, what does it say about him? He does what seems right to him. He does what seems right. Uh, well, this, this just, you know, I just thought it was right. It just felt right, you know. It just. Just seem right. It just we get into a lot of messes because we do what seems right or what feels right instead of what is right. Sometimes we have to listen to somebody else to know what is right. The last verse, well, not the last verse, but one of the last verses, uh, Proverbs nineteen twenty. Proverbs nineteen twenty. kind of summarizes it all for us. Listen to advice and accept instruction, and in the end, you will be wise. When you listen, when you accept it, in the end, you'll be wise. When you listen and learn, you will be wise. So I've got four applications for you tonight. If you're taking notes, some of you are. You know who's not going to do anything with what I'm saying tonight? (laughs) Those people aren't writing down anything i got four applications for you tonight. Number one, it's next to impossible to hear the voice of wisdom if we're not really listening for it to begin with. It's next to impossible to hear the voice of wisdom if we're not really listening for it to begin with. Are you listening for wisdom? Are you asking the Lord for wisdom? That's just a a general statement, summary lesson from all of this. Again and again and again throughout Proverbs, he he tells us the need to listen so we can really learn. Then number two, I believe this one so much. Number two, God will use the voices of other people to guide you and to guard you. God will use the voices of other people to guide you and to guard you. And again, the question is, do you listen to them? Do you hear what they say? By the way, I I feel like I should also throw this in. Not all the voices are from the Lord. There has to be discernment. Not all voices are from the Lord. But God does indeed use the voices of the people. I was thinking about some of the people that God has brought into my life. Some of the people who have spoken into my life. Who have guided me. And perhaps have helped guard me from things. One of them being Johnny Hunt. Not that I know him personally, but I've been to a lot of his conferences. I've taken a lot of notes. I've tried to listen to what he teaches because here's a pastor who is way down the road further than I'll ever be. Here's a pastor who has faced so much more than I'll ever face. Here is a pastor from all appearances who is walking with the Lord on a daily basis and leading his church well. And I have sat there, and I have tried to listen to what he teaches in his conferences, and it has guarded me. Billy Graham is another one. Again, never got to meet Dr. Graham, but Billy Graham, you know, the Billy Graham rule. Billy Graham rule, I won't be alone with a woman. Hey, that's the Billy Graham rule. I'm not going to get in a car with another woman unless there's, there's somebody else present. I, you know, I'm not going to go to another woman's house unless somebody else is preg- uh, present. Dave, did you get that? Okay. (laughs) Uh, The Billy Graham rule has guarded me. By the way, do you know the secular media is blasting our vice president because he goes by the Billy Graham rule. They are blasting him. Because he's trying to live with wisdom. So, God will use the voices of other people to guide you and to guard you. Number three, when you stop listening, you start straying. When you stop listening, you start straying. And this is straight out of Scripture. Proverbs 19, you're already there. Go down to verse 27. Stop listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. I mean, that's clear. I don't even need to explain that one to you. When you stop listening, you start straying. And it's very evident, isn't it? It's very evident, and it's heartbreaking sometimes to look at someone, and you can tell that they're not listening to the Lord anymore. They're not listening to His voice. They're not in His Word. They're, they're not listening to Christian friends. And when you stop listening, you start straying. Number four. Here's the ultimate reason why we need to listen. Here's number four. God has the answer when I don't. There's a lot of things I don't have an answer for. There's a lot of things that I face or things that you face and... and And I'm clueless. I don't have the answer. I don't know. I'm not able to foresee the future. I don't know the best solution. I don't know the best decision. There's a lot of things like that where I don't know. But here's the thing I want you to get. God has the answer when I don't. That's all through Proverbs. That's the reason he says, listen. Listen to what I'm going to tell you because this will help you. Because God has the answer when I don't. And then if you need a New Testament passage, you can go to the book of James chapter 1, verse 5. Because here's what it says. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God. Because God has the answer when I don't. God has the answer to your marriage problems. God has the answer to your finance problems. God has the answer to that problem you're wrestling with at work. God has the answer when I don't. That's why we need to listen and learn. and Say, God, I want your wisdom. Isn't it true? Isn't it true that if you could go back to your 17-year-old self and tell them about what's coming, isn't it true that you'd have plenty to tell them? Isn't it true that you'd have plenty of information for them? It's like, okay, you need to make sure you steer clear of this. Okay, you need to make sure you do this. Okay, you need to make sure you're you're in church. Okay, you need to... You would have plenty of stuff to say to your 17-year-old self because sometimes we have to learn the hard way. But we don't have to spend our entire life learning the hard way. You should be able to listen and to learn. Maybe start listening to the people, the godly people God's put in your path. Maybe they're in your path for a reason. Maybe they are in your ear for a reason. Take what they tell you, compare it to Scripture, and then decide what to do. But listen to the godly people God's put around you. Listen to your spouse. I had to do that this week. Actually, I did it today. Can you believe that? I did, I'm not going to get into it. I mean, it's no big deal, but it was just it was something where she said, I don't think I'd do that. Come on now. She said, no, no, no I don't think I'd do that. Or, or here's the way I would do it. And the more I thought about it, I thought, she's, she's right. And so I changed my plans. Because I was trying to Listen. My spouse. You see, there, there's a reason God's put these voices around us. But he who gives an answer before he listens, that is his folly and his shame. Lord, I pray that we would be people who will listen most of all to you. We would seek your face and your voice and your wisdom. But may we also have attentive ears to those you have placed around us. May you use their voice to speak to our hearts, to our needs, to our struggles. And help us to be that person, as it says in James, to be quick to listen, slow to answer. That's a hard lesson to learn sometimes, God. But may this week be a better week because we decide to listen and learn.